you may be seated and pastor was talking about he gets messages in the, in the shower or different places I usually get titles and so I got a title today for such a time as this we are living in such a time we are living in a time that the Bible describes as perilous times this is not a doom gloom message but we're going to start out with some you know some scriptures here that point to the time and the season in which we are living one is found in second timothy chapter 3 verse 1 but know this that in the last days perilous times will come and that same passage in the amplified classic but understand this that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble hard to deal with and hard to bear we should not be shocked and surprised when we look around us and see everything that's happening the bible says these things are going to happen in the last days and even non-believers know that something is up probably the best the places that i spend a lot of time uh, ministering to people that are not yet born again is at my nail shop and at my hair salon <laughs> and this week I was at both so uh, the other day I was getting my nails done and my nail lady she's precious I've witnessed to her I've given her material I believe she has prayed the prayer of salvation but you know she's not actively a Christian and the first thing she said to me is what's going on what's going on and she started pouring out her heart to me about the fears and the concerns that she had and she'd even told her young adult children now you know don't go to any big gatherings and all of this she said i just know something bad is going to happen i just sense this well of course she's not been born again but still her spirit knows that something is up but that's not the way that we as believers are supposed to react. We're not to have this attitude of, wow, something terrible is about to happen. And the Lord, the other day as I was praying, he said this in my heart. Many of my very own children are allowing themselves to be overcome with fear and anxiety because of the things that are happening in the world around us. But this is what the Bible says. And this is how we are to react. In John chapter 14 verse 1. Jesus said this. It's in red if you'll read it in your actual Bible. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. And then he repeats that same statement down in verse 27 of John 14. And I want to read it out of the Amplified. Peace. Everybody say peace. peace. I leave with you my own peace. I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled it's easy to get disturbed there's a lot of disturbing things happening and there's a lot of disturbing people 
that we have to deal with. But Jesus said, don't let your heart get disturbed. And then I like how he said, don't be fearful or intimidated. We don't have to be intimidated by what the devil is doing. He is still a defeated foe. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we don't need to be spending all of our time looking at terrible things that are happening in the world. It's awful. I understand that. But feeding on that doesn't feed our faith. It stocks up fear. And we're not going to be fearful in these last days. We're going to be faith-filled. Amen? So don't allow yourself to get disturbed and unsettled. Unsettled means that you're shaking. You're shaking in your boots. You're just like, ah, no. People in the world are acting like that. But we have the answer. I was able to minister to my sweet little nail lady. And you know what she said to me? She said, thank you. I knew you'd know what to say. She knew, she was looking forward to me coming in there because she knew I would give her some answers that would help her get in peace and out of fear. We don't need to act like the world. We don't need to be unsettled. We are in, Jesus also said, we are in this world, but we are not of it. We have peace. Not anxiety. We have faith, not fear. We have joy, not sorrow. We are the overcomers. We are not overcome. God has always had a people. And he's always had ways and means to protect, provide, and deliver his people. And just point to yourself and say, I belong to him. He belongs to me. Amen. And it is well. It is well. And we ought to be saying it is well with my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. Amen. I am peace filled in Jesus name. So as I was thinking about that, how God always has a people. I was reminded, we were just in, in Branson, had a wonderful time with James, Esther, and Eden. And on Saturday evening, Esther and Eden and I went to this amazing production called Queen Esther. They have this theater there. It's huge. I don't know how many thousands of people that it seats. A Christian organization built it, and they, it's called Sight and Sound. And all they do are Bible stories. They've done Samson, and they've done Noah. They've done the life of Jesus. They change it up every year. And so Queen Esther happened to be playing. Have you seen it, Caitlin? No. You want to. They live close there. <laughs> you tell your mom and dad to take you. It's well worth the trip. And it was a moving experience. And it, the story was t- so in line with the word of God. And this just blew me away. At the end, she was young, the young woman who played Esther and did a phenomenal job. She came out on the stage at the end of this production and she said, it was one of my greatest honors to be able to portray the life of this biblical character, Esther, and to uh, walk out God's plan and destiny for her life. And then she gave an altar call. 
She said, some of you in here have not yet discovered God's plan for your life. Some of you do not know your destiny because you have not met him as your personal Lord and Savior. And then all these people walked down to the front. They had on prayer uh, little tags that said prayer worker. They gave an altar call and people came and received Jesus. I was so blessed, so excited. But that is where I got the title for my message today. I was inspired. For such a time as this. We know God's hand was on this young Jewish gal. I don't have time to tell you the whole Bible story, but I would encourage you to read it. The book of Esther. It's only ten short chapters. And it really it encouraged my faith. And Esther was afterwards was telling Eden. Now Eden... Just like God used Esther, he will use you. He's got a plan for your life. And it was kind of cute when we walked in and Eden, she's eight years old, and she goes, Mom, when she comes on the stage, you go up there and push her off and say, the real Esther is here anyway. But (laughs) Eden's really funny like that. But, But the story goes, Esther was an orphan. Her, both of her parents had died young. She was taken in by her cousin Mordecai. And she was raised in the knowledge and in the counsel of the Lord. It showed scenes where he was reading scriptures to her. She was getting the word of God into her heart. And then we know what happened. The king, they were living in Persia. And the king, his queen, she was obstinate. She defied him. So she was removed. He didn't kill her, but she was removed. And the cry goes out throughout the land, bring me all of the fairest maidens. And obviously some of the king's guards had seen Esther. And she must have been a real looker. So they said, hey, you're coming into the king's palace. And you're going to go through a year You know, I wouldn't mind this. You're going through a year of spa treatments, basically, to get prepared to be perhaps the next queen. Well, this was terrifying to her. And even Mordecai showed this scene where he rent his clothes and he's crying out to God and he's like... God, why is this happening to my little Hadassah, which is her Jewish name? My little Hadassah. He didn't understand. We read these stories in the Bible knowing the end result. We know what's going to happen. But they lived it. And they didn't know. He didn't know why his little Hadassah had been taken away. Esther did not. He told her to go by the name of Esther and not reveal that she was a Jew because it was still some racism happening. And they didn't know how she'd be treated if they knew she was a Jew. She didn't know the end result. But this whole year, she had the word hid in her heart. And she called on the name of the Lord. There were beautiful scenes where she'd be on her knees with her hands lifted up, quoting scripture and singing praise unto the Lord her God. And then we know what happened. She was chosen to be queen. And I love this commentary that I found in the Spirit-filled Bible. And, And it says this. She believed God, not her beauty, had put her on the throne. She recognized the reality of the spiritual realm and the power of prayer. Esther's heart was turned from her own self-interest to the plans and purposes of God. 
And then we quote this scripture often, this beautiful part where it came time when Haman, I don't want to give you the whole story, but it's big in me right now, but Haman was evil and he was second in command to the king. And he got really jealous of Mordecai and the Jews. And so he had this evil plot. He didn't tell the king who it was. He said, there's a bunch of people that are against you. Give me your signet ring and I'm going to stamp that, you know, come this certain day, they're all to be killed. And he did. And he made this law that all the Jews were going to be killed. And then is when Mordecai realized it was the plan of God that Esther be in the position that she was in. And he quoted this this wonderful passage here. Esther chapter 4 verse 13 through 16. Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Because he said to her, you need to do something. You need to reveal your identity. And she replied back to him, I haven't been summoned by the king for 30 days. And if I go into a court unsummoned, it could be off with my head. That's the kind of guy he was. And so this is what Mordecai said. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. This is the famous line that we all like to read here. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Everybody lift your hands and say this. I... Have come come to the kingdom kingdom for such such a time as this. Then Esther replied to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan, and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days or nights. My maids and I will fast likewise, and I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. But the rest of the story, she didn't perish. The king held out his golden scepter to her. And she revealed to him that she was of Jewish descent. And she revealed to him the plot and the plan of Haman to destroy her people. And we know what happened. I love this part. The tables were turned Immediately, And evil Haman was hung on the gallows that he had intended to hang Mordecai on. I think somebody ought to derive some encouragement out of that. Glory to God. You don't need to be overly concerned regarding those who may come against you. If God be for you, who can be against you? And the answer is no one. No weapon for against you is going to prosper. If you do what Esther did, you call on the name of the Lord your God. You take your place and your position. She stepped right into her destiny and she knew God's hand was upon her to bring deliverance to her people. And the same with Mordecai. Haman had all of these accusations against 
him. But they did not prosper. As a matter of fact, Mordecai was elevated to second in command after Haman was off the scene. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So God brought deliverance to his people. His purpose for them came to pass. His plan and his purpose will stand for the nation of Israel right now, just like it did them. Hallelujah. They have a long history of supernatural, divine intervention for his people. And now I want to change it over from deliverance for his people to what is his plan and his purpose for you. You have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. You could have been born at any other time. You could have been born in another place. But God strategically placed you where you are right now in the family you were born in. It means this, that you have what it takes to live a victorious life in 2023 and beyond. You have what it takes to be a strong witness, to be a light for Him. You've got gifts and talents and you have a supply to bring that no one else has. Before you were ever born, there was purpose for your existence. There's a reason for each and every one of us. You've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Don't ever belittle who you are. And then I'm going to just add this. And never feel guilty about living in the United States of America. Be grateful. Be thankful for who God made you to be and where you live right now. Use any benefits and any privileges that you have been given for His glory. Don't belittle it. Don't try to hide it. Say, yes. I have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Yes, I am a born again, blood washed child of God. Yes, I have authority in the name of Jesus. And yes, he always causes me to triumph. Yes, he's blessed me. He has prospered me so that I can further his kingdom. Don't try to hide your blessing. Don't be ashamed of who you are and what you've been given. You Use it for His glory and for His honor. Hallelujah. You and I are called to embrace His plan and His purpose for our life. It all begins by us receiving the free gift of salvation. How many born again believers are in here? That's the first step to discovering why am I here? What was I born for? It begins with receiving this wonderful gift of salvation. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 in the Amplified says this. For he foreordained, foreordained us. He destined us. He planned in love for us. I love that. He planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of what? His will 
because it pleased him and he was kind. Hallelujah. Our Lord Jesus, our Heavenly Father, love us. He planned some things in love because he loves us unconditionally. He's not willing that any should perish. He planned in love for all of us to become his children. Heaven has room for the entire earth to come and be a part of that glorious city. There's not an expiration date. There's not a limit. They're not overpopulated. He wants whosoever will call on the name of the Lord can be saved. He planned in love. I love that. He planned in love. He wants us to receive his love. Didn't God our Father give his very best? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his very best. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe it on him. What's going to happen? We shall be saved. We shall step in to his kingdom. Out of the kingdom of darkness. Into the kingdom of light. And enjoy all the rich benefits. When we get born again. We take on his characteristics. Now when we're coming to this earth. We might get. Our traits, our eyes, our hair color, maybe our personality from our parents. But we don't get our purpose from them. I know as a parent, I know as a Grammy, that I think often I know what our kids, our grandkids should do. Now we see in them gifts and talents. And we're supposed to help them. We're supposed to guide them. We're supposed to train them. We're supposed to give them the education that they need. But they will have to make their own choices. They have to discover God's plan and purpose for them. As growing up as kids, I'm thankful that I had parents that were very, very positive. And they would tell us all the time, you can do Not just anything you want to do. I still remember it. My dad would say this. You can do whatever God has planned for you to do. And then he'd add this. The greatest honor anyone can ever experience is to be called of God. And out of the five children that were raised in that household of faith... Two of them served Jesus with all of their heart in their local church, in my brother's church. And three of us are full-time ministers. Because it was instilled into us. The greatest honor is to follow the plan of God for your life. You really shouldn't tell your kids. You can be anything you want to be. I mean, that's positive. That's great. But in reality, they can be anything, do anything that God has called them to do. Develop in them that ability to hear from God for themselves. They have to follow the guide inside. Some of you have heard me tell this story, but it bears repeating John and Lindy, our oldest son and and daughter-in-law. They worked with us here at the ministry for like four years when they were first married. And 
Then John knew he needed to tell me first. He came into my office one day and he said, Mom, the Holy Ghost is dealing with us and leading us to go down to Southern California and help plant a church. And my first reaction, and I said it to him, John, you do not need the Holy Ghost leading. You have a mother. (laughs) And your mother says, stay here. Well, of course, you know, I was halfway joking. I was halfway joking, but he knew I kind of meant it. But we had to let them go. We had to let them follow God's plan and destiny for their lives. You and I, every one of us, are born on purpose for purpose. Listen to this. You don't have to carry the purpose. The purpose carries you. You and I are born on purpose for purpose. You don't have to carry the purpose. The purpose carries you. Hallelujah. And there's some of you in here that you may not feel like there's much destiny on your life. You may have even experienced rejection from your parents. Some of you may be even given up for adoption or you don't even know your biological parents. And then there's others of you that maybe your parents said, you know, we never planned you. You, You're a mistake. You're an oops. But God never says oops. Every single one of us have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 again out of the Amplified. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew that we may do those good works which who? Which God predestined, planned ahead for us. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. And then here's the wonderful promise if we do that. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Woo! You ought to just get happy on that. I'm God's handiwork. Hallelujah. I'm His workmanship. I'm one of a kind. I don't care if you have a twin or a triplet. You are still one of a kind. Hallelujah. You are unique. You are special. You are handcrafted by our loving Heavenly Father. And let me just say this. He doesn't create any junk. So if you're struggling with self-image and low self-worth, just meditate. Hallelujah. On God created me. Woo! God gave me this physical body. God made me the way I am. Now, of course, all of us have original models and we may have expounded upon the original model and that's all I'm going to say about that. But we need to know we're loved by Him. We're created in His likeness and in His image. Glory to God. God loves us all the same. That scripture we read in Ephesians 1. He planned in love you because you were special. Because you were unique. God is not up in heaven playing this game that maybe you played on the playground. You take a little flower petal. Any of you girls ever play this? I don't know if guys, maybe, but 
He loves me. He loves me not deal. God is not playing that. He's not like, you know, oh, I love Pastor Nancy. I love Ray. I love Pastor Mark. But there's something about Brian that just ticks me off. No, we love Brian. He loves Brian. God doesn't play that game. I love Pastor Nancy. I'm going to give her just a rosy, wonderful path on her life. But Brian, he's going to have a hard road to hoe because I don't love him quite as much. No. He loves us all the same. And he offers each one of us a life of fulfillment, joy, and peace. And it begins by all of us discovering God's design for our lives. How many of you believe God has a plan for your life? He's got a path. He has a plan. But you know, he gave all of us something called a will. We're created in his likeness and in his image. But he wants us to choose him. He didn't make us little robots. He doesn't have a bu- he didn't want to have a bunch of little robots that he winds up, puts them on a track and through like praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Love you, love you, love you, love you. No. He wants us by our own volition to choose him. And to choose to walk in the path he has designed for us. When we do, we will live the good life he's made ready for us. Now, does that mean that we're going to have a life without troubles, tests, or trials? I ought to get a no. We know that's not the case. We can be smack dab in the center of God's perfect will. And this attack coming from here. And that attack coming from here. Why? We're right. We're focused on Jesus. We're in the center of his perfect will. And then the storms begin to rage. The attacks begin to come. What are they designed to do? To knock us off of the path. To get us into that area where the enemy can attack us. But you and I, we know better. When these attacks come, we know how to resist them. In the name of Jesus, we know how to declare. He always causes me to triumph. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am only moved by the Word of God, which is so much more real. And I'm going to stay focused on Him. I'm going to stay in my place of provision. My place of protection. Oh, in this time, in in this day, and this age in which we are living in. Stay in the secret place of the Most High God. Get yourself positioned under the shadow of the Most High God. And don't let the storms of life, don't let distractions, Pull you out of that place. Build for yourself. Build for your family. That ark of safety. That ark of protection. Get into the strong tower of the Most High God. And don't let all of the stuff of the devil. Hey, come down here. Look what I'm doing over there. Hey, you need to come down and see how I'm attacked in your family. Hey, you need to come down. I'm attacked in your finances. Don't come out of the secret place. Don't come out of your place 
of protection. From that place, declare the word of God. Take your authority over the attacks, but don't be moved by them. God wants to perform some awesome, mighty things in our life. Hallelujah. But we have to stay in that secret place. God is faithful. He's faithful to fulfill His purpose for each and every one of us. But we can't live up here. we got to live down here. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Out of the Amplified, it says, Many plans are in a man's mind, but it's the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. If we're only living here, out of the mental realm, it's so far below what God intended. Plans in our minds are not always God's purpose. Too many people make plans and then they ask God to bless them. That's in reverse. If we get the plan from Him first, it's already blessed. We don't have to ask Him to bless it. Let me just read you some more scriptures about his plans and his purposes. Isaiah 21.1 in the Amplified. Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things. Has he done wonderful things? Is he a wonderful God? Isn't Jesus wonderful? Even purposes planned of old... And fulfilled in faithfulness and truth. His purposes have been fulfilled because he is faithful. He's faithful to watch over his word, to perform it in the behalf of Israel, in behalf of our nation, in behalf of your individual life. He is not a man that he should lie. It says he fulfilled his promises in faithfulness and truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Can you handle a couple more? Psalms 138.8 in the Passion. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. I think we ought to say hallelujah right there. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. Since your love for me is constant and endless. I ask you Lord to finish every good thing that you've begun in me. He loves us with an everlasting, never ending love. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will finish the good thing that he has begun in us. Reminds me of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. This is one of my favorite scriptures as a teenager. I knew God was working something in me. I knew that he had a plan for me. And I knew that it wasn't in Pawnee County. But I didn't know how I was going to get out of Pawnee County. But I would read this scripture and I'd say, Lord, I'm confident something's stirring on the inside of me about my future. And I am confident in this very thing that you that have begun a good work in me, you're going to complete it until the day 
of Jesus Christ. I would quote that scripture. I would read that scripture. And confidence kept getting bigger and bigger on the inside of me. I don't know all about my future. Matter of fact, we usually have to walk it out step step at a time. He doesn't show us way off in the future. But I was confident. You're leading. You're guiding me. Step by step into your plan and your purpose for my life. And that confidence and following after peace and that leading led me to Rama Bible Training Center in 1976. And it led me and my dad helped me rent an apartment right across the street from Rama upstairs. And it led me and it directed me to knock on the door of this young man living downstairs. Yay. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look what the Lord has done. His plan and His purpose. That was His plan and His purpose. That was my divine destiny. And it was not easy to go to Ramah. I don't want to belabor the point, but my precious Pentecostal God-loving mother had just passed away in January of 1976 at the age of 51. I had questions This can't be right. Healing doesn't really work. But there was something in me. I was confident. God was still leading me. Didn't understand. Press through the questions. Press through the the wondering. And stepped in to my divine destiny. God's got a plan for every one of us. He's got a purpose for our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, out of the NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You ought to grab hold of this. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. We've all missed an appointment. Maybe we forgot about it or we had the wrong time. But if we follow him, we won't miss those divine appointments. Ha, 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 ha. Woo, God knows what's in store for you. So get on the path that he has ordained. Stay on that path and you will intersect those blessings. You're going to intersect. He said to prosper you. That prosperity will be right there. If you stay in your place called there. And you stay on the path that he has set you on. And some say, well, how am I going to discover his plans? He says he has them for me. Well, how do I discover them? Well, I'm glad you asked because the answer is in verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and you will listen to me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Get in his presence. Seek him. Call upon him. And that's where you will discover your purpose that he created you for. And I heard someone say this. Our prayers aren't helping God 
figure out what to do with us. He isn't stumped by all of our issues, our prayers, our seeking Him, our helping us discover the plan that we were born for. Hallelujah. God wants to reveal Himself to some people today. He wants to literally turn the light on in your heart so you can see clearly what He wants you to do. In His light, we see more light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Stand to your feet. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm thanking you right now. That there are divine appointments. There are glorious connections for your people. And some of you have been calling out to the Lord. And you're like, Lord, I want to know. I want to know what I should be doing. I want to know even maybe where you should be serving in this church. Oh, my, 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 my. The answers are not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. They're right on the inside of you. They are in a place called spirit. A place called spirit. The spirit realm is a place where we are more aware of the things of God than the things going on out here. It's not some woo-woo-woo spooky weird place. In the spirit is just a place where you get quiet in his presence. You turn off the devices. You turn off your mind and you just look on the inside. More aware of Him than what's going on out here. And it's in that place that a light enlightenment will come. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody lift your hands. Let's just begin to pray in the the Masobrota. Lord, I thank you for these precious ones. And I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon each and every one of us. We truly have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And even as Pastor said earlier, we're in a time where it needs to be all hands on on deck. No unused members. We need to all be offering our supply in the work of the Lord. Our supply of prayer, our supply of service, our supply of finances. But there, there may be those here today that you've never, you say, well, I have no idea what God wants to do with my life. Perhaps it's because you've not called upon him. <clears throat> he doesn't reveal himself to people that aren't asking him to. He doesn't really reveal himself to those that haven't come into his kingdom. So if there's anyone in here today or watching online... And you've not yet asked Jesus into your heart. You cannot boldly say, He is my Lord and He is my Savior. I want you to wave your hand at me big time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe it. That more people are coming into the kingdom of God. 
you do have plans and purpose. Lord, we call people into this church from the north, south, east, and the west. We pray over the lost. They, you call them the precious fruit of the earth. And we pray for anointed labors. And Lord, I pray that this congregation would be anointed labors. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my. Sweetheart, mm-hmm. I've got this word in my spirit, and the word is elevation. I believe that there's a strong <laughs> desire mm-hmm. to raise you up. Yeah. Yeah. To raise you up. Yes, yes, yes. And bring you <clears throat> into your place yeah, there you of go. purpose. Amen, amen. There's a raising. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. There's a raising. There's an elevation. Thank you, Lord. For as you submit to me, and as you humble yourself before me, know this, that you as my workmanship, it is part of my plan to elevate you mm-hmm. and to exalt you. Yeah. No, not that you may be lifted up in pride, but that you may be my trophy, my son, my daughter, my voice in this generation, my voice in your family, my voice in this nation, my voice. So be elevated, be raised. There's an elevation taking place. There is like a promotion in the realm of the spirit taking place for those whose hearts are open to him. So just go like this. I open my heart. I open my heart. Oh, I open my heart. I open my heart. For you have already raised me. You have already elevated me. But I sense in my spirit that there is another level. That there is more grace. More grace. There is more glory. More glory. There is more strength. There is more power. And there is more territory to be taken. Yes, yes, yes. So we take back what the enemy has stolen. Yeah, that's right. And we march in the spirit. We march as soldiers in the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and we march into the enemy's territory and we take back, take back. what the enemy has take stolen back. so be elevated in your soul let your thoughts be on me only let your thinking be aligned with my thinking for my thoughts are higher than your thoughts And my ways are higher than your ways. So come up higher, says the Lord. Come up higher higher in your commitment. Come up higher in your thought life. Yea, and meditate upon the Holy One. And I will elevate you. Thank you, Lord. And I will raise your soul and your emotions above the fray. Mm, Above the fray. And now... Shall my head be lifted up above my enemies? So be elevated in your spirit. Be elevated in your soul. And be raised in your body. For there is a raising. And there is an elevation. 
And there is a quickening and a saturation by my spirit into your entire being. Lift your hands. Pastor Tom, pray out that elevation. Pray out that lifting in the name of Jesus. Let's go higher. 